Uh, welcome to a special edition of the Sophisticated Marketers Podcast, live from Festival of Marketing. My guest today is the marketunist Tom Fishburne. How are you doing today, Tom? Excellent. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm so glad we could find time to connect you while you're here in London. Um, and when did you get in? Did you get in last night? Got in last night. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, and so how long are you over in Europe for? About a week and a half. week and a half. Yeah. And you're on, on the book tour. That's uh, right. The book is called Your Ad Ignored Here, Cartoons from 15 Years of Marketing Business and Doodling in Meetings. Uh, tell me a little bit about, about the book. It's, it's brand new, right? It's brand new. It actually comes out October 24th. And it's a collection of some of my favorite cartoons from the last 15 years of drawing this weekly cartoon. So it's a bit of a diary of sorts that I put together in a, in a book form. And if you've ever been to a conference, uh, if you're a marketer, you've seen uh, Tom's work here because uh, I'm assuming lots of people don't, uh, don't get permission to use your, <laughs> your, all your cartoons in the capacity they're used. Uh, some people do, but uh, what, what's, uh, where's, where's the strangest place you've seen one of your, your cartoons pop up? So I started to get uh, uh, emails from people I didn't know a few years ago telling me that after Edward Snowden released all those secret documents, NSA documents, that a few of my cartoons were in a few of the NSA presentations. I don't think they signed up for the license fee necessarily. <laughs> and I, I didn't have that audience in mind when I drew the cartoons, but sure enough, there they were. Wow. <laughs> and and how, did you, uh, how did you get started? How long have you been doing uh, cartoons for? I've been doodling ever since I was a kid, you know, dreaming about being a cartoonist, but I really didn't start drawing cartoons per se until business school, weirdly enough. 17 years ago. So I, I had a weekly uh, student cartoon, and then when I graduated and started working in marketing, I, I kept it going, basically. Wow, and it's always been a uh, similar style. Has it evolved over the time? Or, and, and how did you know it was right for business and, and the, the, the opportunity there, the, the niche that kind of fell into? I think, it, I think it helped that I didn't have any f serious expectations when I started. It was initially just intended for my friends at General Mills, but I had a sign-up feature for people to sign up for my newsletter, and then people started to sign up, and it kind of built its own momentum. But it was initially totally for fun, and then started to catch on, and then I I started to think maybe there's something a little bit more here. And it's fun with this book to see, I, I did it deliberately chronologically, so the earliest cartoons are much sketchier drawn, but uh, over time I started to find my own my own language and way of drawing. Oh, so you could see the evolution of the marketoonist, huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and is, do you have a comedy background? Do you need to be a, a, a comedian to do this, or is it more about the, being able to just kind of visualize this into a cartoon? Yeah, I think um, for me, there definitely wasn't any other comedy background aside from cartoons. I kind of liked I love the medium because you have to simplify complex ideas in simple forms, but also using humor as a bit of a Trojan horse. That I sort of fell into that. Things that sort of made me laugh, I realized were situations that other marketers could identify with. And your crowning achievement, what, are the, what is the cartoon you're most proud of? Oh, good question. Um, I did a cartoon uh, on the Internet of Things right after... Google bought Nest and had two people in a conference room or two people in an office and one of them says, I think, uh, I think my Nest smoke alarm might be going off. Google AdWords just pitched me a fire extinguisher <laughs> and an offer for temporary housing. <laughs> Uh, and, 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 and right after that, it ended up at the, at the Davos Economic Forum, forum and Tim Berners-Lee tweeted it out. So that, that one was a big sort of viral thing on the back of that news. Wow. How many, um, uh, how many ideas do you have? I mean, are, are, is it, is it, uh, are you kind of flying by the seat of your, your, your marketunist pants? Or, uh, I mean, are, are, do you have a, a reserve of ideas, or are they just kind of coming out of everywhere? I have ideas. Well, I used to, when I, had, when I had a regular day job, I had to wait for, you know, I was only doing a cartoon a week, so I could just wait for those eureka moments. But yeah. now my output has to be so much higher, I constantly have a big binder of sketches going. So it's a big, like, like basically like scraps of paper in a shoebox kind of thing. <laughs> some, <laughs> some are funny, and some I, I think of like Wikipedia stubs for potentially <laughs> funny ideas. That's is, how I work. Is there is there one that uh, that you thought was going to be a smash 
Like it's the funniest thing you've ever done, and it just it just didn't work. Oh uh, yeah, more regularly than you might think. No matter how, how long I've been doing this, I can never fully anticipate which ones are really going to be successful or kind of be duds. Um, I did one last week. I thought everyone would get this. The idea of uh, <laughs> famous last words. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, uh, I did one where where uh, I often hear in presentations where somebody's presenting a slide that's packed full of stuff, and they say, "I'm sorry for the eye chart." And so I did I did a, someone on a stage, and it literally was an eye chart, like the the e the big E at the top uh -huh. and going down to tiny letters at the bottom. And that was kind of the gag, but a lot of people had never heard that expression as it turned out. So <laughs> when I posted it, people were replying with the Wikipedia entry for an eye chart. Oh, that's funny. You know, it, it's, I say that all the time, like, uh, oh, they'll, they'll get it. They'll get it. That's how I get in trouble sometimes with the, uh, with the brand team. Yeah. We'll just have to edit that part out. That's my boss over there, Nico. <laughs> Hi, Nico. Uh, we have a good producer, so uh, anything we want to edit out, we can take care of. Um, so, so the book, uh, October 25th, tell me... Um, What's, what's your plan for the rest of the year into uh, 2018? What does this look like? Uh, what's your road to promotion? How do you get the word out on something like this? Yeah, great. Well, so far, I've been doing a pre-order campaign, which has been a lot of fun. And it's the nice thing about having done this cartoon for 15 years is that I already have an audience of people who've been getting the cartoons every week. Mm -hmm. So my initial promotion was just really trying to get my current audience excited about the book. And so I had a big pre-order thing. I have a launch team of people who have agreed to do extra above and beyond stuff to kind of get the word out about the book. And I'm doing a lot of speaking, which I love to do. A lot Fantastic. of private events and then some public things like this. Fantastic. Were you at all concerned about the rise of memes uh, competing with your cartoons? And, and I remember it used to be a big thing to market with memes. And I will tell you, my claim to fame, Tom, is uh, you know the Lionel Richie meme that says, hello, is it leads you're looking for? Yeah. That was me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I made that up. I was driving in my car. Uh, and it's just, uh, that song came on. I'm a big Commodores fan. Uh, Faith No More later covered it again. Um, but my point is, is I came back to John Miller. I said, John Miller, no relation. He'll be the first to tell you that, not me. I said, John, <laughs> I got this brilliant idea for a meme. It's going to sell tons of market automation and lead, lead, lead scoring software. And he said, I don't hate it. <laughs> and uh, that was it. But now that thing's everywhere. Anyway, do you have, do you have one of your cartoons that, uh, that is just... Like that just never stops. It pops up like every single day that you see again, again, again. What's the most famous one? Uh, if you had to, like, I guess if you had to single one out. Yeah, it's, fu it's funny. It's actually a more recent one, but I, I, I thought it would be maybe successful, but I didn't realize how successful. But I did, I'd, I've done a few cartoons on the seven deadly sins of something or another. Yeah. And I did one on the seven deadly sins of innovation where I kind of broke up, you know, envy and greed and different things that can happen in innovation. And, uh, and that one, for some reason, the next morning I woke up and that had just gone everywhere. I just couldn't believe it. And it happened to coincide with when I was starting to talk about the book. So that was fortuitous timing, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but that one seems to have a lot of legs because people are still going, I mean, that's just really making the rounds. It's been about, that's been six weeks and just really constantly at the very top. They came instantly, but by, by the third day was the most widely shared cartoon I'd ever done. Wow. Uh, and, and do you ever, uh, I mean, I know you take a very lighthearted approach to, to what you do. Have you ever gone down the road of trying to get a little controversial or maybe a little edgy? Yeah, sometimes. Um, not, I don't know. I, I want. It, it's funny. It's a funny thing with humor because if you try to be all things to all people, I mean, that's the problem with most of the comic strips that are in the newspaper. They have to be broadly entertaining for whether you're eight years old or 88 years old, mm -hmm. and you end up being not that funny to anybody. <laughs> so I try to have an edge and definitely something that people will have a reaction to, but I don't try to take out a poison pen. I often see myself like in the cartoon. If I'm making fun of anything in the cartoon, it's usually myself. <laughs> and so and so. So that takes a little bit of the edge off. I'm not trying to like take shots at anybody. 
And so uh, a, lot of, a lot of the cartoons that I see are the, the collision of technology and marketing. And uh, is, that, is that where you find, uh, I mean, are you just waiting for the next buzzword to come around? And, and <laughs> just uh, where do you get your ammunition? Where do you get your inspiration from? And, and, and does it always, uh, does the collision of digital and, and marketing sort of kind of play itself out and just make its own jokes and you interpret them? Pretty much. I mean, yeah. there's endless material there. I think, <laughs> part, I, think there, I mean, since the dawn of time, probably, uh, marketers have had a shiny new th uh, thing sort of syndrome yeah. where they get really excited about whatever's coming next. And just in the last few years in particular, there's always been a shiny new thing. So I think that's part of it. But I also feel like in the realm of, of, of digital, and there's so much that to be excited about, but I feel like we're in this awkward adolescent stage where we have these tools, but we don't quite know how to apply them yet. Yeah. And so a lot of the humor comes when you know, brands just jump on the bandwagon and don't really think about how it can fit into their broader strategy. Like they say, we need to have a Snapchat strategy as if that's a strategy as opposed to you know, a tactic that you can part, use as part of your strategy, that type of thing. And I'm guessing with AI and VR, it's like, you're like, thank God for this because this has oh, yeah. just opened up a whole, I, I can go for another 100 <laughs> years easily on this. Oh, absolutely. One, one of my favorite uh, uh, uh cartoons is the one where, um, I guess the brand marketer is reading uh, the story to his children in bed, and they just skewer this this idea. Uh, and 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 I'm wondering, um, have we gotten uh, as as brands, in your opinion, the, the folks you work with, have we gotten better at storytelling, uh, or are we still? talking and, and just like haven't figured it out yet. Are we, are we overcomplicating this? I think, I think we've gotten better, but there's a long ways to go. I yeah. think marketers generally, I mean, it's, it's such a simple point, but we often forget that the people we're trying to reach are not thinking about our brands as much as we do, you know, and they think that what we think is incredibly interesting, you know, often if when you're on the recipient and you're surrounded by everything else in the world that you care about, it, it ranks fairly low. I think we're getting better. I think we're getting better at telling stories that don't, that, that aren't just a thinly disguised press release as a story. Mm -hmm. I think we're getting better at that, but I think there's far too much emphasis on quantity and not enough on a quality story. So there's, it's the fire hose approach, I think, and, that we have to watch. And with, with brands becoming uh, storytellers and brands taking more risks, do you see them, uh, I mean, do you see them embracing cartoons? Why, uh, why, why do you think, uh, I mean, is that part of the new strategy is to, is to laugh at yourself in marketing? And is the cartoon the medium for that? I think, it's a, I think it's a great medium for it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, I obviously have a bit of a prejudice because I love cartoons as a medium, but I do think that there's a lot inherent in the medium of cartoons that we can learn from to apply to any form of content marketing, yeah. about using a sense of humor, about making it participatory, about something that's serial, where you have an ongoing cadence over time that you're building up to. So I think cartoons fit very well with, with the type of storytelling I think people respond to. And I think it's actually a pretty old medium for storytelling. You know, if you go back into the 40s and 50s, cartoons were often used to tell stories. And uh, it's something that I've been doing full-time for the last seven years with brands, helping them tell stories with cartoons, which has been good um, Do you have any stories of success or inspirational stories? Uh, like, who, who do you think is doing it really well? Uh, and, and what were the lessons you got to take away from that? Well, one of the clients who I've loved working with so much is this uh, workforce software uh, company out of uh, near Boston called Kronos. And they've been running a cartoon every week for seven years now. Wow. And so that's a great opportunity. They have this audience that's looking forward to the next installment. And, it, and because it's a weekly for that length of time, we can go to all different sort of things that are important to their audience that aren't just a hard sell kind of tactic. And that's been really fun to watch it grow over time. And we've, we've done some great things to make it interactive. We've had event type of things where people can stand in a green screen and suddenly they see themselves literally in a cartoon. And then that's something that they can share. So it's become something that's built and grown over time. And those are my favorite types of projects where it's not just
just a one-off kind of let's do this short burst, but it's something with a continuity and a cadence and, and a more of a serial component to it rather than creating one thing and hoping it goes viral. Like, like the aha video? Take on me? <laughs> yes. Is that what you're talking about? Where they transport for the millennials in the audience. You wouldn't I, get that. I love the video. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Tom, you've done some work uh, with LinkedIn uh, in the past. Is that correct? Yes. And what was the request? What what was the uh, what what did they ask you for help with? So they uh, they were trying to get people to spend time thinking about their profiles and not just set it once and sort of forget about it. And one of the insights that they had was that people tend to use a lot of buzzwords in their profiles that are in no way like they actually speak in real life. And in fact, they they did this survey kind of nation by nation around the world to see the most commonly used buzzwords in every country. Yeah. And so we created a whole series of cartoons imagining a people talk that way in real life. So you have a woman in, with her husband saying, do these boots make me look results driven? And, <laughs> and the punchline, you know, you wouldn't talk like that in real life. Why do you do that in your LinkedIn profiles? And so we did them all one at a time, but then they were also stitched together in a slide share presentation combined with all the survey results. And it was a fun kind of interactive piece, but it made people stop and think about their profiles. Uh, when, you're doing, when you're doing a cartoon, you're creating that, uh, how do you know where, when to turn it off? How, much, how do you know when you're trying to push too much into one single uh, one single piece. It, it really is the act of simplicity. You know, you in, in, over time it's an iterative process for me. So I often start with a much more complicated idea, and over time the goal is to get to the point where it's the simplest visual possible. Occasionally, even without even a caption, but most of the time you need a simple caption to tell the story. So it's usually getting to that point, and then in working with client engagements, it's often a little bit of like any creative exercise, making sure it doesn't turn into creativity by committee, where you have like <laughs> eight different opinions, and if you try to put them all into one image, it's going to fall flat and it won't mean anything to anyone. So it's a balancing act. Have you ever seen someone try to create a cartoon who can't create a cartoon or, and, can't, <laughs> and can't animate at all? I'm a big fan that everybody has some ability to, vi to visualize. I often do when, I do, when I speak, I'll often do workshops where I make, I make everybody in the audience do a simple cartoon drawing. And my point of view is that like, it helps you you know, like a back of the envelope sketch, clarify your thinking and communicate ideas. But there is a gap between that and something that actually works as a beautiful single panel cartoon. And that just takes time to figure out the right process. Uh, I'd like to see those results. What do you do with those? <laughs> like you make them do a slide share. Like you don't you do it anonymously, of course, but. Well, usually what I do is I ask them to do something individually. So they're, they're kind of covering up their sheet of paper so no one can see what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And they don't know I'm gonna do this, but after I have them draw something, I, I have them hand the drawing to somebody else. And that person has to take their drawing and then do something else with it. And there's this moment of panic where everyone like freaks out and you know remembers a urgent conference call they've forgotten to just, until just that moment. But once they get past that process and they start sharing their drawings with other people, it's really fun. Nico, new offside idea. <laughs> everyone has to draw a cartoon. I want to be able to draw cartoons. I really, really do. I just, I, I just, I cannot do it. Uh, is there, is there somewhere I could learn uh, this this craft of you, yours that you've mastered, Tom. It, it is all about trial and error, doing yeah. a little bit over time. The most widely read comic strip in the world is composed of nothing but stick figures. Oh, X and what is that? XKCD. I don't, I'm not familiar with that. Which uh, started out as a cartoon predominantly for Unix programmers, super hyper niche target. Yeah. But they get they get uh, you know half a million unique visitors a day. And on the back of that, he's gone much broader, but it's still nothing more than stick figures and very clever captions. So wow. you can start there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't do that. Um, so we have lots of mutual friends in common um, from, from the content marketing space. What uh, Ann Hanley, you know, CC yeah. Chapman, uh, Mitch Joel, list goes on and on. Um, and you spend a lot of time with these folks and in, in, in this space. What is what is 
what is your role in, in content marketing, you think, with, with brands? That's interesting. I've never really thought about it in the bigger ecosystem, but I guess if, it's, if, it, if there's something, that it's about, the, the, about thinking about how you can bring a sense of humor to content marketing. That's probably at a higher level. And then specifically with cartoons, I think there's a real, there's a real place for cartoons in the broader ecosystem of content marketing because it's a short Trojan horse version of an idea that can then link to deeper things. But I have huge admiration for everybody else working in the space, and it's fun to, I get most excited about things, uh, projects when the cartoons are part of a part of a larger ecosystem and part of a larger whole. So, uh, so it, it works best when you just don't do a one-off, but you actually build it into a story. And, and is it is it better to do a one-off or a series or, or split them up? How, how do you see it? what's what's the optimal sort of con, uh, a cartoon commitment you need from a brand <laughs> a brand to see results? I'm a big fan of a, of some form of a series. Usually, we start with at least five or ten in a series, yeah. and then you put them out one at a time at, over over a period of time, and that that keeps you from trying to put all your eggs in one basket. It can break up your stories into the smallest little little bites, but then also you, you never really know know which ones are going to resonate the best. So you can, you can put them all kind of one at a time and, and, and know that over the course of the series, a few are really going to strike a chord, even if you don't know which one's going into it. Excellent. And uh, if you had to sum up the book uh, in, in one word, what would that be? Ooh, I think I'll go with what Anne Handley used to describe the book, which is diary. So diary. If, if marketing kept a diary, this would be it. Excellent. Uh, and the book is called uh, Your Ad Ignored Here, Cartoons from 15 Years of Marketing, Business, and Doodlings and Meetings. This is Tom Fishburne, creator of The Marketoonist. Uh, you are a legend uh, in, in my space, in the marketing world, and everyone's seen your work. So uh, congrats on the book, and it's coming out October 25th? October 24th. 24th, and you can pre-order it now? Yes, that's right, on Amazon. Fantastic. And uh, where are you off to next? Um, off to uh, another event in London and Oslo. Oslo. I've never been to Oslo. I'm, I'm on a uh, plane to Spain this evening oh. uh, for a weekend to see a uh, death metal band. Uh, that sings uh, opera. So awesome. how about that? I'll have to send you with a couple extra books for the audience there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Tom. Thank you so much for your time. Enjoy Thank your time you. in London. And uh, yeah, look forward to diving into the book. Thank you for bringing the copy. And uh, I can't wait to read it. Excellent. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it.